live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Trying to just grab all the bags, as the kids say. Is that how they say it? I don't know. Whatever. No, stop with the... Where was the question? <laughs> you gonna kill me over some pizza? Yes. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Five o'clock hour, Silver Sevens. It's our Thursday spot for Cofield and Company in ESPN Las Vegas. Good hour on the way. Lots of Raiders. Lots of Raiders. A lot was going on today. Whole bunch of bites from Josh McDaniels. He's fired up for the season. We'll hear from Foster. I don't know how to say his name now. We're going to have to go through that whole explanation. He's another one of those guys who I think we've been butchering his name, so he explained what the hell is going on. And also Andre James. The offensive line is a big, big point of discussion for this team. Before we get to the big five, we'll mention some of the biggest stories of the day. You know, I said it the entire time with Murray and his whining and the nonsense with, you know, social media. Like, bro, just grow up. There's a process. You're three years into your career. He got his deal. Kyler Murray got $231 million and $160 guaranteed. He's on average going to make $46 million a year. You got it. Why, why do all the... 15-year-old drama. Well, believe me, it's not. It's it, Lots of guys do it. Clear out the social media for a couple of days. Julio Jones is not, he's, what is he, 33 years old? I mean, he, it's like, guys. Now, the interesting thing, Adam uh, just saw a Twitter list of most expensive quarterback, wide receiver, running back trios. You know, 1-1-1. One, one, one. Arizona will be at $80.4 million with Murray, Hopkins, and Jimmy Connor. Vegas will have the second most expensive combo with Carr, Devontae Adams, and Drake, $74 million, followed by Buffalo, the Rams, and Dallas. I don't know if it's working out for Dallas so far. Well, doesn't, doesn't Buffalo have a, a running back on a rookie deal? Well, that's a crazy thing. Look at, <laughs> look at, look at the running backs here. Um, outside of Zeke Elliott, we're talking about running backs who are not making – you know, $15 million a year. Most of the money is going to the quarterback and the wide receiver one. Yeah, no no question about it. And the, obviously with the Raiders with Kenny Drake, there was, you know, that, that that contract was kind of questioned at the time. I know I understand they're looking for a weapon, somebody that can do a little bit of everything, and that's why uh, they brought him in. Uh, but he's he's one of the higher-paid ones on here. This is mostly just who is paying a quarterback and receiver a ton of money. And the Raiders are number two on that list. Uh, breaking news from earlier in the day, uh, Denzel Good restructure the contract so what are we looking at here Raiders with about 22 million in cap space yeah a little bit of flexibility here as they uh, have a chance to maybe make some moves have some you know do they want to restructure some deals do they want to sign is it Darren Waller and potentially uh, Denzel Perriman getting new deals and maybe taking advantage of some of that cap space now or do they bring in new guys we'll find out but they certainly have some flexibility now to do what they want Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. So, 
a good portion of the Cofield and Company crew took some vacation, and Willie Ramirez and Adam did a really good job, uh, along with JBT filling in. Really appreciate that. Well, it just so happened that uh, Adam Hill and myself did a little crossover for a few days in Cabo. We're like Stafford and Boy Genius. Cofield and Company in the pool? I mean, I guess. Sort of. So after I leave, then I see this strange tweet. Because Adam, Adam on vacation is—he's a, a weird bird. <laughs> like, like we we actually didn't really see each other that much on the days we were there because I've and, and I've, I assumed you'd become more of a morning person. I am, I am pool person, sit in the sun and get annihilated when I go to all inclusive. So like, I'm annoying. Like I'm up at seven thirty and I'm like, I gotta get a chair. I gotta get a chair. I gotta get a, like. I like I went out and checked the chairs like I'm getting my chair to the prime spot like I'm ready but I, I'm like I go from like 8:30 and I'm done destroyed like sun baked and full as f by 10 p.m. and I'm out and like that I feel like that's like noon for Adam yeah, yeah. and like you're you're out until you are on the streets of Cabo until five or six in the morning. Well, the last night I got back, like 2.30. It was a okay. little early. Well, we get we see a tweet after I leave, and you said there was, like, a a rescue. Yeah. Into the marina comes apparently some boat that had been lost at sea. So as you know where we're saying, you can see kind of the boat launch area down at the marina. The marina kind of dies at night for those that have been down to Cabo. Like, the, the area behind it, the streets behind it, clubs are, are raging till all hours of the morning. But the actual marina dies around 9 o'clock. I looked over. There was a lot of activity down there, and then all of a sudden there was about 12 police vehicles between ambulances, fire, uh, you know, police, everybody down there, and a, and a big group gathering. So I decided, like, yeah, of course I'm going to walk over there. It's around midnight. Yeah, why not? Let's get over there. Um, what I see is a family, a couple families sobbing, uh, a boat slowly coming in, and then all of a sudden some people getting off the boat and families embracing and crying so obviously as being a reporter and an interested person i decided to try to find out what's going on and i talked to two of the people that were rescued it was a boat lost at sea nobody was supposed to go out that day i was on the shore so uh, again I'm, I'm i know not everybody's been down there but there's some some bars right on the beach and we were at one the beach areas were closed you couldn't sit on the beach the waves were out of control on that day and boats weren't allowed to go out but apparently this was a private boat. The people went, went out. Their boat flipped over more than 20 miles offshore. Uh, there was a search until about 6 p.m. It was given up on because the seas were too rough. It was too dark. And some locals pitched in and went out and found these six people uh, that had been uh, stranded. Wow. So I got to see the reunion of the families who thought their families were dead. Yeah. Uh, really cool moment, obviously. And then... During my trip home, I decided, let me try to find out some more about these people. So I started some, doing some Facebook investigating, and I found some friends of the friends of people that were down there. got some background on what was going on down there. But a pretty cool moment to witness of these people who the families were basically told by the authorities, oh, wow. your family's dead. Like, we, we've given up the search. We can't be out there anymore. It's over. And then they were found. So that's it was really cool to see. But I also noticed that... There were some bars that usually closed that stayed open down there, and I think they were like, hey, if you were stressed out, uh, come over here and drink some beer. And, and we're going to monetize it's this? It's a little comfortable. By the way, is that when you see something like that, is that why you do nothing like that on vacation? Yes. Because we asked you multiple times. We crossed over for like two days. We're like, hey, let's go on a boat ride. And you're like, no, no, enough, Gilligan. No. Yeah, no. Why, why would you? 
you know what? I'm I'm mostly with you. I'll go on. I would I wouldn't go on some excursion. It would be something short, and on a big boat. Um, but you had other friends there. They were hiking. Well, they, they went. They turned went, out they, they didn't hike. They went marlin fishing, and like you and I are looking at each other, like the pool's right there. Yeah. The, the drink we paid for the drinks. Do you guys know what how are you gr- doing? You know hiking. Do you know how great the nightclubs are here. What are you doing? And by the way, the hike was abandoned very quickly. It was incredibly hot, uh, and then the because the seas were rough, the, some of the trails got closed. So the, the hike was like a half hour. It was not a Good. not Good a full on hike. But you're right. Our other friend caught marlin, and I don't really eat fish, by the way. But we took the marlin to a local restaurant, and wow. In, good? Yeah, they cooked it up like eight different ways. No way. Uh, made some uh, sashimi out of it, which was fantastic. Well, that's it, cool. It was, it was cool. It was cool. I'm to along for that it. ride, but I ain't going on the boat, and I'm not you know, sitting. I, I, I know you, you explained the whole fishing part of it. They set the reels for you, and oh, then you, yeah. you, you get to fight the fish. You're not actually like, I got, out there. I got like two minutes of fighting me. Although, uh, our, like, uh, our, is there our, a beer? Someone else bring in the big our, fish. Our friend that caught the, uh, that caught the fish, 85-pound uh, marlin, by the way, striped marlin, which is supposedly the best eating marlin, like a 50-minute battle. I can't even imagine. Just sit in the Get pool. Out. Get out of here. What are we doing? Number four. Lots of changes with the Raiders. Are we going to find out something here we don't want to find out? Randall Cunningham no longer with the Raiders as the team pastor? Or check that, team chaplain? I mean, right now the story is Randall Cunningham sent out a tweet that said, after you know thought and prayer on the matter, I've decided you know I'm not going to be the team chaplain anymore. Quote, I thank John Gruden for yep. the opportunity to be involved. It's just time to move on. So, By the way, you can, you can read a quote and completely make it into a story. True. <laughs> you, you know, can. with inflection. Well, if you say, John Gruden. Yeah. Yeah, well, so. Just time to move on. So, and I, I did check with the team and said, Hey, he's saying he quit. Is this accurate? Like he wasn't fired. There was no backstory to this. Is it is our is the team okay with the language that Randall Cunningham quit? And yes, yeah, the, there was no issues with that. So, it, you know, he's a busy guy. Uh, it is a new administration, as you said. I don't know that that necessarily has anything to do with it, but maybe he just thought this was a perfect time to to move on. There might be no story here, it, but I, I know that people are freaking out. And of course, we'll continue to to talk to people and check in, but could you know? Randall Cunningham has, you know, been around the the program for a couple of years, and we know he has a, a lot of, um, you know, different responsibilities in the community. Might just be the right time. Number three. Would he mind if I called him Randall Cunningham? I don't. I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. I'm, I'm mystified by this one. I don't know where. It's I'm also go. angry, by the way. Okay. Well, we're gonna find out here in a second. The backup tight end's name is what? On the Raiders, Foster Morrow. Morrow. Yes. Not Moreau. No. Uh, he got into explaining something with his name today, and I guess he just settled with, you know what, call me whatever you want. For me, it's a lot easier if you're saying my full name. It's a lot easier to say Foster Moreau. I get that. I understand that. It kind of sequences into each other really well. I've never really minded it, and it's never really mattered to me. Uh, the way my dad always said it was Moreau, like M-O-R-R-O-W or M-O-R-E-O-H. So that done, it, it, it doesn't really affect me, but I'm glad you watched Will's podcast. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Will what? Compton? So this came up on the yeah, Bustin' with the Boys podcast right. with Will Compton last One of week. Favorites. Uh, and I, I had asked actually Hunter Renfro about it yesterday. Foster Moreau. It's going to be tough. We've called him Foster Moreau for a while. Now, apparently it started with Gruden. Uh, for one of the first days of rookie camp, 
uh, he walked up and he said, you know, he, he said, Foster Moreau. Is that how you say it? Foster Moreau? No, he said, Foster Moreau? Is that how you say it? And he said, well, it's Foster Moreau. And Gruden said, Foster Moreau. I like it. And just in Foster just said, yeah, I'm a rookie. It's John Gruden. Yeah, call me whatever you want. I don't care. So he went to the media and said, that's how you pronounce it. And that's how it all started. That's, that's why he's been called Foster Moreau. So why are you annoyed? For all this time. So I am... I feel like I do a pretty good job as a reporter. You're you're, you're a lunatic with the stuff. So after this was yeah. said, yes. he had said, hey, that's how my dad says it. I tracked down his father. Oh, no. Do we have another Ty, Tyrod, Tyrod situation? No. His dad, said, his dad said, I really appreciate you calling me. That's nice. Yes. He said, Foster is absolutely right. It's Moro. That's how we say it. And he said, but we're not the type of people that are going to get angry and start lashing out whatever you want to say you say you call him whatever you want to call no that's what i told his dad i said sir with all due respect we want to get it right i was like no i said i said we just want to get it right like we're we're not trying to be disrespectful we want to make sure it's right now i did all this background sir please he said please his, his exact quote to me which i used in my story was really we're fine with whatever you want to call them, no. and then and then we'll just move on down the road. And I was we like, need okay. clarity. So it's too confusing, sir. I obviously did a lot of background on this. There's no debate that everyone has called him Foster Moreau, right? Have, I've never heard him called anything else. Did you go to an old college coach? No, I, I wrote this story. It's done. I said, oh, hey, this wow. is how you say it. Now, the vast majority of people now on Twitter are saying I'm an idiot. Nobody's ever called him Foster Moreau before. What are we doing? Are we rewriting history now? That's bullcrap. This is how everyone has said it. Yes. Not okay. Not everyone. The vast, all, all the Raiders announcers, the Raiders staffers, the coaches, the teammates, the national announcers, the national pundits. Everyone has called them that that I've seen. So we're, now this narrative good. is you're like you're making this up. Nobody's ever called him Foster Moreau. This is not good for Adam. It's infuriating. Because I guarantee you will go over the next three days get like fifty sound clips yeah. of. Moreau. I've got his dad on tape right now. We can play it. <laughs> that's what we want to do. That's not, what you not, want. <laughs> that's what, but this is, it's not a big deal. It's fun. It's a little, it's a whimsical little story that's fun. Hey, everybody's been calling him the wrong name for three years. Great. But let's not try to rewrite it like people have not been doing this. This is, in, the, the feedback on this is insane. What, what have you been calling him, that moron? It's always been Moro. No, it hasn't. I'm... I, I, really I, I don't want to keep it. going, but I, I know for a fact there's never been confusion or there hadn't been like, hey, which Moro are you talking about during the game when you mentioned Nicholas Moro, <laughs> right? No, never. It's always been Moreau. That's what they've always called them. It's not, I can't, pro- I can't it's not this. correct. I'm getting agita. I'm getting worked up. You're getting me worked up. Stop. And then, by the way, somebody somebody's response because I put two, the, two, you know, I did two. the the pronunciation guide with the capital Number letters, two. The, the pronunciation of the capital letters to you know to stress where you're supposed to stress the the word, and somebody responded, it doesn't change anything just because you accidentally capitalize something. Now we don't even know what pronunciation guides are. Number two, insanity. Number two, thank you. And by the way, I'll still probably call him Moreau. I've been Number doing it two. for three years. Yeah, so stop. everyone, please correct me when I get it wrong, because I will, but I'm going to try to be better and actually call him by his proper name. Number two. I'll tell you, an ex-crew that is in trouble, you, the fans who went at Adam over Morrow, 
I think the offensive linemen are in trouble around Adam. Because I get a note today, and you're like, eh, Andre James, you know, he talked. He kind of didn't really say anything. I think there's going to be a hangover with Incognito gone. Sure. These guys are going to be held to a different standard because you loved Richie talking to him, and now you're like, someone's got to step up in that cool old lineman role who says stuff. I, I listen to these clips, and I'm like, Adam, I don't get it. Here's Andre James just talking about the depth of the room and competition. I feel like a lot of guys here, including myself, do a good job of blocking out the noise. We're super excited about the guys that have been added to this team. You know, we got a lot of new faces, a lot of a lot of good players, and we're just super excited just to get out there and work together and just keep growing. So we're super excited. That gets me jazzed, man. I'm super excited. What's your problem? Well, my first problem is that was my question. That's not what the question was. So, <laughs> so that's why so my first. It's my first. Like question. you won't say anything. Is he, won't, he won't, like. I'm not. I'm not criticizing him. That, I think players are probably supposed to be boring. That was that was a boring. And by and I'll, I'll also say you mentioned Incognito. I thought John Simpson was on a different level. Yes, he has found himself. I, you know, we played a bite, and I was like, "Wait, who was that?" Yeah, he's found I himself. John Simpson. I think you know that he's comfortable now. He's yeah. a little bit more established, and he's cool, just kind of talking and showing his personality. I like that. Um, Andre James is more from the Colton Miller school of answering questions, yeah. which is is fine. But, you know, it, there's nothing hugely exciting there. There's a little more of the Raiders center, but I think he won you back with the end of this. No, he, he, yeah, he's a really good rookie. He plays a lot of different positions, which is uh, which is super, super important as being an offensive lineman, especially when you can only dress so many people, you know, during the game. So to have a guy like Dylan who can play all different positions is super important. You know, he keeps uh, the room stocked up with snacks, and that's what's important to us as offensive line. There you go. Talking about Dylan Parham, the third-round pick out of Memphis, and then he mentioned the GDM snacks. Isn't it the most important thing? Rookies do have to provide the snacks for the position room. And apparently Dylan, Dylan Parham doing a great job with that. Please tell me there was a couple of minutes of follow-ups on the snacks. No, I was, too, I was still too fired up you about flustered. Morrow. Morrow? Morrow. Morrow. All right, top story coming back. Josh McDaniel spoke this morning very early, his first media access, 7.45 in the morning. And, you know, one of the big personnel issues is what's going on with this defensive line inside because you got some guys on the pup list, so we'll, we'll address what's happening with money, when these guys could be back. And if we got a real problem here with the Raiders, with the big uglies in the middle. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. I think the only expectation we have is that we're going to go out there and work extremely hard to try to be the best team we can be each day and improve. We're in a you know complete foundational building type phase. We're not worried about you know thinking about opponents and games and strategies and those kind of things. This is about fundamentals and techniques and conditioning and communication and there's so many things we have to do between now and when we're going to play, you know, even play the first preseason game. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver Sevens with Cofield and Company. Josh McDaniels this morning on expectations. He's not going to say a whole lot. 13 wins, right? It's too early for that. I don't think he's ever going to do that. Now, I would temper expectations on the Raiders based on what they do from a personnel standpoint, either from outside the organization or from within, guys stepping up, when it comes to the defensive line and that second cornerback position. 
the D-line right now is an issue if guys can't get healthy and can't get off the pup list in time to contribute at the beginning of the season. We're talking about Jonathan Hankins and Bilal Nichols. So McDaniels was talking this morning about the D-line situation, and, you know, he throws out the obvious. He's like, well, hopefully, you know, we, we don't know the exact timetable on injuries, but hopefully they're back soon. We need them. Hopefully that at some point here they'll be back, but feel good about the, the guys we've added. We have a great deal of competition that's about to play out here in the next six weeks um, at a lot of spots on our roster, uh, and that's a healthy thing. You know, we, we tried to build the roster as best we could uh, to this point uh, with that in mind. Um, you know, we feel like that's the best way for players to improve and get better. McDaniel speaks a little, more, a little more about the defensive line group. Excited to see that whole group kind of take form. But I, like I said, I think we have a, a lot of spots on our team where that's definitively the case, you know, and uh, we're going to give everybody opportunities and whatever they do with those opportunities, that will dictate, you know, how we end up, you know, making decisions ultimately. Adam, who's in the mix on the D-line? Well, I mean, obviously, the guys that are not there right now uh, are are the guys that you're looking at uh, to be the potential starter with Hankins and Nichols. And I thought, you know, Vernon Butler, I thought was going to be a guy uh, that could <laughs> could step up. And now uh, he's on non non football injury, so uh, we'll see exactly how that you know works out. I, I don't know what the issue is with him right now, uh, but we'll have to see what happens. They you know they drafted I think you know Neil, Neil Farrell, uh, although Farrell Farrell we have to. We're going to find out on that one at some point, too. Now you're all nervous after uh, the Moro disaster, the, have the, the, the bludgeoning you're getting on social media. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, just, I can't figure out where that comes from, so that's going to be something that throws me off for a while now. But, I mean, they've got, they've got people out there. Um, I mean, a name that you could see surface again is, like, the, would they try Cleeferl? He doesn't really fit necessarily the system to play inside, but I know it's something – uh, that they feel like they can have a lot of different multiple looks. Um, Kyle Pecco, I think Andrew Billings, uh, Lancaster. There's there's names, there's guys that can play in there. But the fact that the, the top two guys, I, I think that they were comfortable with that as depth. And I think that's the issue that they have right now. They were comfortable with a lot of the depth they have. They have a bunch of bodies that can fill that role. That could that could just jam the middle and allow everybody else to go make plays because that's what you need, especially out of the nose tackle in this defense, but if though if that depth now becomes starters, because you're looking at you know potentially Butler not knowing that situation, uh, Hankins being down right now, uh, you know Nichols being down right now. So when your depth becomes starters, that's when you start to get a little bit worried. And I think there has to be some concern. I would absolutely look for what they're going to do, uh, potentially adding bodies there uh, at some point in the near future. Uh, but yeah, th- that was a situation that I thought they were comfortable with in terms of their depth, and now all of a sudden they start camp and say, okay, we need some bodies there. We need some guys that can make some plays. Don't forget tonight we got the Aces in town taking on the Fever, Indiana Fever, at MUA, McUltra Arena. It is a 7 o'clock start. Tickets as low as 18 bucks. Get over there. Uh, you know, Right now they're not playing great defense, but I think they're max motivated to get it together here in the stretch run. Uh, the offense is like none other in the league. The Aces are... Amazing. So go watch some great WNBA action tonight. Uh, game is actually right here on uh, ESPN Las Vegas at 7 o'clock. Pre-game will go down at 6.30. And like I said, tickets as low as 18 bucks for the Aces and the Fever tonight at Mick Ultra Arena. Daily happy hour specials from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., including 277 for pint shots and margaritas at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens. 
the anxiety you feel is a good thing, you know, because you want to do right, you know, in your position, your job. And I've gone through a few of these and just really trying to enjoy the process as being a head coach at this point. And got a lot of great people here that are, you know, on top of all the things they need to be on top of. And, you know, as I've said before, just trying to do the right thing in my role and uh, be a good leader for our team. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield and Company. You heard it, Silver 7s, where they have the A-Play card. You sign up for their Players Club, A-Play. You accrue points, and they've got great gift giveaways three days a week, including the last Sunday gift giveaway of July, a tool set. Do you have a tool set? Yes. Do you ever use it? No. What's the last thing you use in the tool set? Not the best follow-up question when you're like, I never use it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, uh, there was like a loose screw or something that I used a screwdriver for. Nice. How'd that work out? I mean, it took longer than it probably should have. Of course. Uh, oh, no, it was to it was to, uh, it was to open a vent or something. I, I can't remember, but it, it was a very simple task that I, I, was, I failed at. Yes. Yeah. As is the norm. I think I might have used... I also might have used one to pry something open, like a can of some sort. Do you think you'll have a feature with whoever? I don't know who the person will be, but, like, who's the most handy Raiders player? Because that seems like something that's up your alley. I got to tell you, folks, when you go out to the media access, which is now, you know, more open than it was because of the last two years with COVID and restrictions, and everyone's got different goals. Like the uh, TV jabronis, they do whatever. They do their thing. Um, radio people, you know, it's, for me, it's like it's all about sounds. You know, you know how hyped I get when someone's making a comment and then one of you print dorks is like, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. Because then the vast sound crew has to sit there and go, clip, clip. Like, they see you. You don't have to acknowledge that you're listening. Anyway, you print guys and gals come up with a lot of really good stories and I was not down there this morning, but I'm watching, and I hear you ask about the weather. And I'm like, okay, I know this is going somewhere. I know he's got a goal. And then the great thing is McDaniels loves talking about the weather and why they're practicing. So play this. I think Adam starts to ask about the weather, and let's see where this goes. You have to start training camp on, like, two record-setting days, potentially. Was, was that another complicating factor to preparing everything? It's funny because I've studied temperature and, uh, you know, humidity maybe more than I've ever thought about doing that, too. And and so when you look at it, you know, you're going to get these days, as you, you all know. Uh, and then you're going to you may get a day where it's in the low 90s and, you know, it's it's a little different. I think practicing in the morning is the right thing to do, certainly for our team. Okay, so that that was it, right? I mean, that's you got one good quote. Oh, wait, he keeps going. If we need to move the mornings back because we have to have morning meetings following a day off, then we're going to go inside, you know, and that's just we've told the players that's just so that if we have to move the day back, we're not trying to get out there and, you know, 115 uh, as much as we can prevent it. So we're going to start early, try to get our work in. If we need to adjust that for some reason, you know, whether that's temperature or or some other factor, then we'll try to make a smart decision and do it. Guys are in early. We're used to working early, you know, at this point in time. So you got two long quotes. I mean, the story is written. I'm sure at that point, you know, McDan- he's not done? 
you know, we'll, we'll start with that and hopefully we do a good job of hydrating. We went through a great, the medical people did a great job of going through the entire thing yesterday about hydration, awareness of heat-related illnesses, those kind of things. So we'll be on top of that and, and continue to try to do the right things prior to getting out there, which is, I think, the, really the big key. That actually really is important because what these guys do in that kind of heat, even at 8 o'clock in the morning, is super intense. And I don't know what's happened to me. Well, I'm older and fatter, but um, the first couple of things I've tried to do outside once it got to like 108, like I talked last week on the air about trying to work on a tree and trim it down. And it took me like three hours. And by the end, I'm like, I think I'm going to die. I'm like, I overdid it. I got nothing. I have no stamina. But, you know, the, I mean, think about what these guys are doing as compared to me with a chainsaw and a clipper, you know, trying to cut up a tree. Like, like, and you found out last year, right? Chainsaw. You, oh, yeah. I bought a chainsaw. It was glorious. Okay. It was glorious. And this time I didn't hurt myself. So just everyone has heard this now. And they're like, yep, he told us about that six months ago. We knew it was going to happen. So when I injured myself. But last year, you freaking overdo it. You don't hydrate. It's true. You almost went down in a heap. Yeah, and I learned uh, by researching just like McDaniels did. Having two giant coffees before you have water, not a great idea. <laughs> not the best hydrator. Apparently not. I, didn't, I had no idea caffeine had that much of an impact on heat-related illness now here's the other topic and you ask this of every new person who comes to vegas especially with the raiders over the last couple years and it actually wasn't your question but you love this topic and that is the heat itself compared to where you came from where there's humidity what do you like more there or the dry heat here josh you know, nobody believes me when I say, when they say well, it's 100 degrees, and I say, yeah, but 100 degrees here is nothing like 100 degrees in Florida or back east because of the humidity. Yeah. You know, so it's 100 degrees. I walked out of the office last night, and it was 99 or whatever it was, but it felt like, it, it felt great, you know, because there was not, there really wasn't that humidity factor. So I don't sweat much out here. It's funny, you know, so I, I like that part. I mean, it's accurate. The, the one difference is when you get in the car. Like, oh, until man. until the air kicks on, when you get in the car when it's 150, I'll tell you this. When I left practice today, good Lord. Good Lord. Well, he said, he said 100. Right. He didn't say 140. It was 118. That's not good. You're going to sweat. It was it was warm. You don't crack a window? No, you're trying to get the air, the, the air like, kicking. I think, does your air suck? Everything else in your car, you, dude, great. can we get some Sir Mix-a-Lot, my hoopty? You're, you're, you have, no, like, your car. car's not that old, but you have, like, 200,000 miles, and there's, like, stuff falling off the car. Why don't you use the tool set that you never use and tinker with the car a little bit? What would, a tool set would help? I don't, I don't know. I do do anything. It's, no, the car, the car's great. Don't, don't jinx, it, it's, it, there's nothing been wrong with it. <laughs> nothing has ever been wrong with it. And you're right. I drive a ton of miles. It's yeah. what nine years old now, and it's almost two hundred thousand. I drive a lot. The funny thing is, by the way, with two years of doing nothing during the pandemic, yeah, yeah. still that much. My car has a quarter of the miles your do, yours does, and it is falling apart. I have ridden that thing so hard. Yeah, that's a drop. Um, it's 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 out of control. My tires were bald. New tires. I get tires and oil changes, and like, that's a, all I need. They got a transmission leak. Uh, what else did I? I think I just fixed something else. Oh, the brakes! Oh, the the the, the brakes were like it's down to the metal. I'm just you know you know me in and out of traffic. Slam, speed up, slam. It's preposterous. 
but it is hot when you first get in the car. Oh, back to the point, yes. And it's dry heat, dry heat versus humidity. When it's 2 o'clock, when you get into the car, and it's been sitting there since 7.15 in the morning, it's hot. You know, we were talking yesterday, just to go in a different direction here, we were talking yesterday about, like, dream experiences. Because you saw that old guy trying to get the autograph uh, with all the kids, and he actually pushed a kid out of the oh, way yeah. at the All-Star game. Good. And then I, I kind of flipped it into, like, what would I, what would I kind of... If I could just push a kid out of the way to get, you know, like to gain something, kick one right in the face. Don't we don't have to get? It's just a, it's a, it's a gentle push. Oh, okay. But mine was more about experiences. It was like, hey, OJ wants to play a round of golf with someone. All right, get out of the way, kid. I'm he playing golf with OJ. Wants, wants me to get in this fantasy league, right? I I wonder. I won't even. Do that. One last, I was making a whole transition. It was gonna. It wasn't going the right way. Wait, wait, I'm draft out. season. I'm out. Draft season. Draft season is coming up. Right. Can we make this plea again? OJ, Mr. Simpson. Ooh, you save, are save it. No, no, make the plea on the way back because I got a really bad fantasy football situation, and he could save my life. I got to get on the concert tickets. Though. That's ironic. I, Venetian <laughs> tickets are on sale this Friday for the December residency of ZZ Top, legendary ZZ Top. Ticketmaster.com. Friday tickets go on sale at 10 a.m. But we've got two tickets for you right now. Ari does. Caller 7-364-1100. Awesome giveaways and promotions all week long at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Cofield and Company presents... Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Big up, big up. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, dude. So yesterday we got on the topic of uh, old guy autograph seeker, you know, kind of getting mean with kids to get an autograph from Justin Verlander. And I, I, I sort of twisted it into because because Von Tobel was like, you know, who would you who would you do that around like to get like a Serena Williams hug? And I'm like, all right, let's not get creepy. But yes. Um, but it was more like, hey, what what athletes? You know, if you had a chance to get pulled from the crowd and, and like hang out with them. Right. So I also mentioned, I was like, I think, like, hanging out with A-Rod and some friends, like his friends, like, doing the strip club and then whatever. That would be kind of cool, right? But I did mention playing a round of golf with OJ would be fascinating. It just would be. Now, you turned it into the beginning of a plea to get into OJ's fantasy league. So I have a real dilemma here. And I think you know the dilemma. We have our... Kansas City buddy who does radio there, Seren Petro, who has a longtime league that I'm in. His crew travels here. We go there for baseball. His crew comes here for football. They haven't come for football the last couple years, and he's already on edge a little bit because the Vegas room rates are a lot higher than they used to be. The draft is on August 27th in the morning. Well, UNLV moved their first game to August 27th. I can't do the league. Would they be cool if we got OJ in the league and I'll pay for OJ? <laughs> I would. I need I I need something here. I need a replacement. And I'm sure we have some listeners who would do it, but like I gotta win him over and be like, dude, OJ's in. He's gonna take my team. Well, why can't we just do it Friday night? Everybody's coming for like three days, right? Do you wanna be the 
negotiator in this? Sure. I mean, I'm already we're already having a lot of back and forth the last couple of days. He got me. He got the same person got me in another league, and then he's. He's like, well, I mean, your team's obviously going to suck this year, so just give me all your good players. Like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, dude, it's a disaster. They're not, they're not going to want to do it Friday night. Well, yes, they'd rather they'd rather have a full league than not do it than do it Friday I night. I can find a replacement. OJ, he's, I mean, you're good, Juice. You're good at this, Juice. You are. You're good. It's easy money, man. You come in and clean up this league. I, I would like to say to Mr. Simpson, maybe he'll get in our league. I would like to be in his league. And I would also say, a lot of people have doubted you over the years. Not me. Also, never. Never with the a lot of remarks. people. Never. Listen, never. I've been, in a never lot of, done that. I've been in a lot of fantasy leagues, and people name their teams horrific things, some of them involving Mr. Simpson. I've named my team some awful things. Never. Seen. Never referenced nope. Mr. Simpson because I have too much respect for him. All right. We're going to work on this. As a fantasy owner, a commissioner, an analyst, he is beyond reproach. We do have a good connection, I think. I think we, so we can get word to him. I want in. Well, you're already in. Oh, you want in his league. In his league. All right. We'll work on it. I'll. I'll. If, you want me to push a kid I, out of the way? Do, by the way, why you want me to kick a kid in the face to do this? I not, we're not, we're not getting that that part of this is done. Well, he would, Mr. Simpson would never condone violence anyway. We also could just walk up to him, but I both of us have to go. Um, not that I'm afraid, uh, but we could also maybe just during walk the up, day we could we could also just walk up to him at a restaurant. We know the places he frequents, and just know. just ask him what, what's the worst he's going to say. No, if he does forget something there, I won't bring it to. Him. But I have – here's the thing. I was actually serious about getting him in the league, but I just feel like you're – I want, I want you're, in. You're torpedoing the whole thing. No, I don't, I don't even know what that meant. I, I just meant I'm, my, I don't want to put the miles on my car. Gas is expensive. I don't think that anything – none of these nasty rumors that have flown around about him are funny or I think they're actually, frankly, getting old. Okay. Should we do this on the air with – with the commission of the league I'm talking about, should we just bring him on to talk some Chiefs and then drop the news on him that I'm out? And OJ's in? Three weeks before. Well, we, don't want, we won't have OJ. We'll run OJ by him. I'm doing a show tomorrow. You are? Yeah. You know what? Just do it. Can you just do just it? Just out of me? nowhere? Yeah. Go. I've got breaking news from Vegas. Okay. What time are you going on? Uh, two. Two our time. Okay. Right. Is that right? All right. Yeah. Please do it. Because he can't, he can't, he'll he can't really, he can't really genuinely explode during a show because he can't curse. But then, what do you get mad after? What do you yell? Call me and yell at me? Like you're getting yelled at over Foster Moreau's name? Like you can't take it? I mean, I'd, I've had enough for one weekend. <laughs> it's a whole week left. It's another, come on, give me a break. You can do it. I am totally pawning this off on you. Uh, I think. It is probably the safest thing to do to bring it up on the show tomorrow. Yep. All right. Okay. Good luck with that. Yeah. My phone will be off. Back in the bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Congrats to Mike Moser. Agreed. Hometown hero, played at UNLV, married Tasha Schweikert. 
world-renowned gymnast, Las Vegas. And just... Now Bostonian? Yeah. I want to get him on. I texted him earlier. I got no answer, so... Let's go. Come on. What happens? I got to work some connects. Um, yeah, he he, uh, he was working at Oregon, and people don't know Mike Moser. He was part of a really good UNLV Dave Rice team and came from UCLA, finished up his career at Oregon, was just working as a, an assistant on the Oregon women's staff, and now he just got picked up by the Celtics as an assistant coach. Very cool. Super nice guy. I mean, UNLV's had a lot of really cool quality players over the years, and Mike Moser's, you know, Right at the top of the heap. So I was glad to see that, that it's not easy for players to get into coaching. It's yeah. not easy at all. So to get an NBA job is awesome. Really good dude, for sure. And uh, set, like could have been so much more without without injuries, but still uh, and the, second and the program. Could have oh, been the so second much year. Was that a cow? Second yeah. year he goes down for a loose ball, and he's got his elbow posted on the ground, and someone rolls into it and kind of bends it inward. That was it. And that was, that was the beginning of every freaking year with CDR where he ran into horrible injury luck, right? Rashad Vaughn and Zim, and they had one team at the end of the year. They had, uh, who was it, Jordan Cornish, who was 6'4", was playing the five. Yeah. Just I think they to, went to, San, to, piece together they went to San Jose with, like, six players. What could have been. What oh. could have been. Oh. My God. Back in the back. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Uh, big to-do made about Juan Soto not getting chartered to All-Star Weekend and then winning the home run derby. You had a question about the demand that he get chartered. Well, I think a lot of teams do it for their players. It, it, you know, the last game of the All-Star, last game before the All-Star break, your players fly home. And then your all-star would get chartered a flight to the all-star game. Not every team does it, but a lot of teams do. And there's been a lot of criticism because the Nationals did not do it for Juan Soto. And the speculation is they made a final offer right before the all-star break on a massive contract. Would have been, I believe, the biggest contract in MLB history, if not right there in the top three. And he turned it down. And that officially kind of said to them, okay, we're not going to be able to keep him. We're going to have to trade him, get whatever massive package we can get for him and move on. But we we're done with him. And so it seemed a little bit vindictive for the Nationals to then say, all right, fine, we're not going to charter you to the All-Star game. Get there on your own. No, it's not the worst thing in the world. He's not flying coach in a middle seat. He'll still be first class. He'll still be a fine flight. But it seemed vindictive. Now, I don't think it's the team's responsibility to do this at all. But when it's time for them to trade Juan Soto, one of the great young stars in the league, potentially one of the better players we've ever seen, and, the, and they say to the fans, hey, what could we have done? What could we have done? The fans will say, I don't know, charter him a flight to the All-Star game? Maybe that? No, in the end, he probably wouldn't sign there anyway. And it probably is a lost cause. But I, I don't want to hear the Nationals at some point say, hey, we tried everything we could. Uh, what do you want us to do? I don't know, not treat him like a jerk when he turns down an offer. Oh, look at you. All right. I Juan, Juan Soto on the Reds when the Saudi Live League purchases the Reds for $800 million, $80 million a year will be glorious. I will, by the way, as since we're talking about overpaying, I'll pay double the entrance fee to get an OJ's Fantasy League. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right, exciting day tomorrow. It's really an inside joke for us, but Fantasy Football League's 
trying to get into leagues and trying to get others into our leagues. Please do it.